You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome in here to the Friday Shootaround. I am Ryan Gilbert. Today we are joined by former Wildcat Jay Heydrich, Kansas State coming off. Back-to-back losses, been some frustrating games for the Wildcats. We're going to break down the past two games for Kansas State. Take a look at the head. Uh, take a look ahead at the upcoming schedule for the Wildcats. Before we do that, though, of course, we're sponsored by the Part-Time Beverage Company. Be sure to check them out at your local liquor store. Jay, after two losses, man, uh, how how concerned should be should we be with this K-State team? I'm not concerned at all. I mean. To me, it goes back to what were your expectations going into the season? Uh, they were picked 10th in the league. No one had really any expectations for them preseason. And as disappointing as the last few games have been, they're still a top 25 team. They're still in line to get a top four seed in the NCAA tournament. They're still in the, championship, in the Big 12 uh, championship uh, discussion. Um but so what are you really upset about if you're if you're a K-State fan right now? You know, you, I read all these posts on social media and different places that say, oh, the honeymoon's over. You know, I'm not giving him a free pass anymore. OK, so you're not giving him a free pass. What happens after that? I think that you know, K-State fans just really need to enjoy the journey and realize how far we've come in such a short period of time and um, just. Go out and support the guys. You know, it doesn't mean you can't be frustrated. It doesn't mean you can't be disappointed. But, you know, some of the things I'm seeing are just are just silly, and they'll get it figured out. With that being said, though, this K-State team, maybe the effort hasn't been there the last couple games. How much better can the Wildcats bet, uh, better can they get, you know, when you look at the last six, seven games? How much better can this team get from what we've seen lately? I think they have a chance to be really special when they they've shown early on in the year when they play hard and they play smart, they are they can beat anybody. But when they turn the ball over and they're lazy on D and have soft rotations, then they're just not very good. Um, and that come and that's just part of being um, a team that was put together uh, with transfers and haven't played together a lot is one reason. But it's also you know. Uh, the league's just really hard. There is no margin of error. There are no gimmies on the schedule in the Big 12 this year. So what K-State has to do is go out and find that energy and that focus and discipline that they played with early on in the season. Um, get back to just trying to make a play. Don't make the play. Just make a play is all you have to do. And defensively, you know, we, the turnovers are a problem, uh, continue to be a problem, but you know, you're not, you're not going to win if you don't guard. Um, and we get too many people that are gambling on defense. They leave their man to go double, and that creates an open um, uh, shooter, which puts you, puts you in a help and a chase situation. But especially when you play a team like Tech or Iowa State, 
you know, in low possession games, low scoring games, low pace games, um, uh, giving up easy baskets and turning the ball over penalize even more. <laughs> Let's try to dive into both of these games. We'll start with the Texas Tech loss from Saturday on the road in Lubbock. Not an easy place to play. That place was pretty loud. Not as loud as it was in Norman, that's for sure, but we'll, we'll dive into that one later. 23 turnovers in that game, a season high. I, I mean, just Kansas State, despite that number, was was in this game and had many chances, you know, in the second half to to take the lead and couldn't connect on those shots. Like you said, this isn't really that alarming of a loss, was it, down there in Lubbock? No, I don't think the alarming part of it uh, wouldn't be the fact that you lost. Maybe how you lost would be um, uh, concerning that you, it's recurring problems that aren't getting fixed uh, would be the, the one red flag that you would raise. And there, there are things that can be fixed. They're 100% fixable um, issues. Um, and the fact that they were still in the game despite giving up 28 points off of sure. 23 turnovers – is a good sign. You know, if you want to find the silver lining here, it's in all of K-State's losses except for TCU at TCU, they've pretty much been in the games um, that, that they've um, that they've lost. And, and a lot of the damage that's been done has been self-inflicted. So when they're lining up, they're playing with uh, toe-to-toe with everybody in the conference. But that's the difference between this year and other years in the conference. And when you play great teams, if you want to be a great team, you have to do the little things. Um, you know, great teams don't win because they're more talented. Great teams win because they do the little things. They have the focus. They have the discipline of guys that do what they need to do, not what they want to do. And so it's, yeah, maybe I can gamble and go get a steal over here, but I'm not going to because that's going to uh, screw up our rotations, leave a shooter open. That happens a lot, and it needs to stop um, if they if they want to have success. But th- those those are the things that Casey needs to improve upon. It's just being disciplined. And if they're disciplined and they play smart and they do the little things, they can line up and beat anybody and will beat anybody. You think Keontae Johnson has maybe hit a wall here right, lately? Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's just Keontae. I think it's a lot of people. Um, you know, there we got some more guys on the roster who. Um, transferred in who didn't get a lot of minutes at their previous schools. Um, and so they're doing stuff that they haven't done before. And I don't care what AAU team you come from. I don't care what you've done before. February is hard. It's a hard month as a college basketball player because you've been going since October. Everyone went home for Christmas. You know, you start February and, you know, you're not so close to the Big 12 tournaments where it's exciting but um, you can't see the end, but you've been going on so long that it's not new anymore. So it's just, th- this is this is a tough month. And this is where you really got to dig down and um, and do the little things and the fundamentals and not give possessions and not give games away. Because it's hard for everybody. But yeah, I think I think Keontae's tired. They're all tired. They should be. Um, you know, Keontae hasn't played in a couple of years. Um, but I guarantee you, uh, everyone's tired Grady Dick's tired uh, they're, they're everyone around the league is tired um, because it's February and you've been doing this for a while and so you gotta dig down you gotta find something because you know it's it, the gauntlet doesn't stop do you think Marquise Noel is maybe hitting a wall as well or is it just maybe the the big 12 defense is getting so tough the grind of, of playing in the best conference in America or, or is Noel pushing things too hard? Is you know his turnovers have really been adding up lately, 
What's the main cause of, of those in your opinion? I think it's a couple things. I think it's decision-making, obviously. I think um, teams are forcing Marquise to finish at the hole as opposed to helping off of him, um, forcing him to score over people. Um, and he's a smaller guard, so that's uh, been difficult for him. Uh, but I think also it goes back to the defensive end again. You know, K-State is best when they're up and down, running in transition. We struggle in the half board at times uh, to find good shots. But when we get out and we run and we can get in transition and go up and down, we're really, really effective. But if you can't get stops, you can't do that. It's tough to fast break when you're taking the ball out of the net every time. And so what, what I think we need to do is, is really lock down on D, get stops, get rebounds, force the pace of play, get it up to where we want to play. When we played really well early in the conference season, uh, our pace was really um, – we played at a high pace. And um, since then, you know, we haven't guarded as well, um, and we, we just – been giving up too many easy baskets and so if we can get back to defending and rebounding and getting some steals and getting up and down in transition i think that that'll really help the offense to where not every position has to be ground out let's switch gears here and talk about the oklahoma loss from tuesday a pretty frustrating loss for wildcat fans <clears throat> and it was really the tail two halves kansas state was tied at the break with the sooners after that the, the final 20 minutes really just went against kansas state Jerome Tang was not pleased with the effort. Do you think it was just a lack of effort for K-State, or is it a little deeper than that, you think? I think, I mean, there's, it's never just one thing, but it starts with effort. I mean, sure. it, you can you can try to fix everything via coaching, but you can't coach effort. Um, and that was what was really disappointing uh, from my standpoint is you had – you went into the game um, with Texas losing, you had a chance to – uh, reclaim, um, you know, get get within a game again of of, of the lead, and be right in the mix of conference uh, championship talk. And you just go out and and I understand if you play poorly, I understand if you miss shots, I understand if um, you know things the ball doesn't bounce your way. But it's really disappointing when when all that's in front of you and you just don't show up effort wise. Um, and that's just something these kids got to learn you know um again they're all being asked to do something different than they did last year and all of this is new to them new place new roles new coach new teammates and you can say yeah we're almost to march though jay and you know that's not an excuse anymore and it's not and a lack of effort is never an excuse but the reason for it is is they're learning too and they're trying to figure it out um, and I'm hoping that that those lessons are being learned now, that um, they're understanding that uh, come February, if you want to win games at this conference, you have to show up because if you don't, you're, you're not only going to get beat, you're going to get embarrassed like they, did, like they did on Saturday. Kansas State, you know, there's no easy wins in the Big 12. It's such a tough conference. But with Kansas State losing these two games on the road to – probably on paper, the two easiest road games of the season to lose those two. How frustrating is that? And Kansas State winning on the road against Texas and, and Baylor early on in Big 12 plates is a, you know, those are two big wins, but you kind of offset them with the, the, the easier games on the road that they lose. Sure. I mean, I think that it, it goes back again to what were your expectations going into the season. You know, I expected K-State to be up and down. Um, uh, actually, I didn't know what to expect <laughs> coming into the season. I don't think anybody really did, <laughs> no. uh, right? Um, but, but you know, I think early on we expected that it would be up and down, and it has been. It's been exactly that. And 
So you, you lost a couple that you probably shouldn't have lost, um, but you won a couple that you probably shouldn't have won, um, potentially, uh, some would argue. But at the same time, too, that's happened to everybody across the league. Yeah. You know, this this isn't just a K-State thing. It's just, you know, when you had, and I said this after we beat Tech at home, um, I think they were 0-7 in conference at the time when we beat them at home. And I and I remember watching that game and leaving thinking, that is a dang good basketball team. Um, and the fact that they're 0-7 in conference, and they, I think they're like five points away from being, you know, five and two or something like that. Um, that just shows you how difficult the – um, the conferences so you can say yeah we should have um th- those are two road games that we should have got but remember oklahoma beat alabama by 25 or something um uh, in norman you know um and texas tech you know has now three top 15 wins at home uh in lubbock so it's hard to look at any game and say man that's one we should we, we should have won um on the road in in uh oklahoma or in lubbock but what's difficult is that you had chances to win them um, and, and, and we didn't. And so um, that's the frustrating part, whether you should have or not um, is irrelevant. It's the fact that we had chances to win and that we weren't able to capitalize on. We'll go ahead and take a quick break here on the Friday shoot around. I am Ryan Gilbert. He is Jay Heidrich. Once again, we're sponsored by the part-time beverage company. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back in here to the Friday Shootaround. I am Ryan Gilbert. Today we're joined by former Wildcat Jay Heydrich. As always, we're sponsored by the Part-Time Beverage Company. Be sure to check them out at your local liquor store. Jay, we'll hop on and we'll hop into these two games that, that K-State has coming up against Iowa State and Baylor, both of these coming at home in Bramlage. We'll touch on these two games, but also I, I kind of want to just dive into to individual players. But before we do that, though, your overall thoughts thoughts on the up to, uh, the upcoming two games? Excuse me. Yeah, uh, they're going to be tough. I mean, just like we've talked about, they all they all are. Um, Iowa State's going to be searching for uh, a win. They've been struggling a little bit of late as well. Uh, they have not played well on the road, uh, so I think that that is a game that uh, we can get. The problem with Iowa State is they're going to slow it down. They're going to want to just grind it out, grind it out, grind it out. We're going to have to defend. They run really good offense. They um, they move, they cut, and um, K-State has struggled at times this year with their switching defense, losing cutters, losing shooters. And so it'll be interesting to see what adjustments Coach Tang and staff make for Saturday against the Cyclones uh, to uh, offset the, the, the good motion that, that Iowa State runs. Um with Baylor, I mean Baylor's Baylor. They're they're coming to find themselves a little bit towards the end of the season. Uh, the team that started zero three in conference, and now you look at the top, and there's Baylor again. Seems like they're just a staple up there every year. Um, that's a little more um, uh, conducive to K State style of play. They want to push the ball, go up and down a lot, like K State does. Um, obviously, you know Coach Tang uh, spent eighteen seasons with Scott Drew, so it's something where. Um, I think that that'll be a good matchup. But again, uh, I think that Baylor has more offensive weapons than Kansas State does. 
And so K-State's really going to have to guard because that's not a team that you can just give up easy baskets to and expect to get them back on the other end. So um, it'll be two quality matchups for sure. It'll be two great challenges. But again, if K-State takes care of business and does the things and corrects the things that it can correct, I think that um, they'll, they'll pull out both those wins because road games are just so hard to win in the Big 12 this year. Usually here on the shoot around, we kind of talk about things globally with the team. But, Jay, let's, let's dive into some of these players for Kansas State because everybody talks about Noel and Johnson like we did in the first half. But Kansas State's going to need third scorers to step up night in and night out. It doesn't maybe have to be that same guy every night, but it's got to be somebody. You know, Noel and Johnson are tremendous. They can't do it all. So uh, let's start with Naquan Tomlin. You know, in the, in the non-con, he was really that guy. And. Big 12's tough. He's new to basketball, you know, relatively speaking. Can he kind of – can he replicate the the last two games that he's had in the Big 12? Because against Texas Tech and OU, he got double figures each game. Yeah, and K-State's definitely going to need that. They're going to need someone who can attack. And, and that's, that's a kid who can get you um, easy buckets. He can get you offensive rebounds. He's – versatile he can take his guy off the off the dribble to the hole he can shoot it a little bit from outside what i want to see from naquan is just aggressiveness you know uh, there's been a he's an elite athlete there's been several times where he gets a drive to the hoop and you know and, and he tries to go around someone with the ball i just want to see him elevate and dunk over somebody uh when, when, when he does that and not try to roll it in or lay finger roll it in or lay it up you know just just go dunk on somebody he was doing that earlier on in the year i want to see him get back to that uh i think that if he can take that aggression to the next level then i think that'll help his confidence and and, and again i think you know, this goes for all of them um when you're in a slump you know, i tell kids all the time uh, when i'm talking to them about whether they're in college or high school or whatever uh, my advice is find one thing you know don't don't worry about it. i'm scoring i'm not rebounding i'm not guarding find one thing go out and be the best at one thing on the floor i'm going to be the best rebounder today i'm going to be the best defender today you know i'm going to be the best passer the best screener something that is other than scoring and go do that and focus on that. And what you'll find is if you focus on that one thing, everything else just kind of falls into place. Um, and you, all of a sudden you look up and say, I'm going to be the best rebounder day, today. And you've got three putbacks and 12 points. Um, you know, So I think that that's a kid um, that can really help you on the offensive end just by getting some cheap buckets. And, uh, and he also has the capacity to be a great defender as well, too, with his versatility. We talk about that on the offensive end. But on the defensive end, he can cause matchup problems as well. Let's talk about Cam Carter. His offense clearly is an elite, so to speak. But does his defense outweigh that? Does that earn him a starting spot? Um, I don't know about starting spot, but I think you have to look at it with minutes for sure um, and, and increased minutes, uh, particularly if if we're struggling. You know, you if you have guys that are losing their guys on offense and and allowing straight line drives and not guarding the ball at some point you got to make a decision as to what's the plus minus on offense versus defense, you know, cause cam does struggle offensively at times, but he is an elite defender um, and he, he's hard nosed and he does some good things on, on offense too. So I, I think that, you know, you have to look at what is the plus minus of, of 
uh, keeping a player uh, in in the game if if they're struggling, and, and what can Cam provide you on that? Now, Cam is another kid, a lot like Tomlin, in the sense that he's not going to come out and give you twenty five. You know, he has a he has the capacity to get hot. We saw that a couple times this year. I think the first half of the KU game, you know, he got really hot. Um, uh, maybe it was another game. I know the first half of one conference game, he got his Iowa got, State game on the road. He had nine State. points for the first media timeout. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And when he does that, that's just, that's like finding money. Right. Um, so if, if he can do that, that'd be a huge deal. But again, that's a kid that just go guard, get rebounds and get out because when you talk about offense, you don't have to score to, to help you to, to be a productive offensive player. You know, if, if he can guard and get rebounds and get the ball uh, and start a break and, and, and push and stress the defense and if someone else might make a shot, but he has the capacity to really stretch defense um, and and get out on the break and, and and cause problems to force the defense to guard other people. You think Desi Sills is best suited coming off the bench as a sixth man, or should he be maybe cracking starting five? I really like Desi. I think that you know we talk about guys who are hitting a wall that maybe one of them too. Um, you know, um, it's not just because he's left-handed like me um, that, that I like him, but, you know, um, yeah, he, he's a little better shooter than I was. Um, but, you know, it, uh, I, I think Desi is um, on the verge of a breakout game. Um, he just he, – he, he does a really good job of getting to the hole, um, stepping around defenders instead of trying to go through them. It just he doesn't seem to finish um, as often as you'd like, but those are going to start happening. I think that, he, that those will start dropping uh, in the uh, in the near future if he can just find his feet and um, find his confidence. And I know I've I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times. That all goes back on the defensive end. I'm, I'm just I'm such a believer that if. There, there's one that you can't control if the ball goes in or out. You can't control how it bounces off the rim. You can't control that. But you can control everything on the defensive end. You can control how you guard if you're up in their grill. You can control um, how you come off screens. Every, you can control everything on the defensive end. If you have that mindset of I'm going to control everything on this end, then that bleeds over. That confidence and that um, aggression bleeds over in the offensive side. And, uh, and it can be really impactful. So I think Desi's a kid that, again, if he can lock up on the defensive end, it'll really help him on the offensive side. After Tyke Green's performance against TCU, why have we not seen more of him on the court? I think Tyke's um, limited offensively from the perimeter. I think that that's still a develop, developing part of his game. But when he's on the floor, there's not a better athlete. Um, the kid yeah. just gets off the floor like no one I've seen. Um, and and at TCU, you know, you look at the things he did with the lobs. He didn't do anything flashy. You know, he wasn't, you know, making step-back three-pointers. He wasn't doing anything crazy like that. He's just playing hard. He was getting to the rim. He was attacking. And, uh, and he played really well defensively. So that's just the example of what I've been talking about of a kid that can provide you offense because he's – providing energy on defense and i think that's when we talk about how kids are worn down and they're getting beat up and everything creating your own energy creating your own momentum is something that's huge particularly on the road um when you're home you can feed off fans a little bit but um if you can create your own energy and your own momentum um that's huge and taiki's an energy guy that can you know go get a lob and uh um 
and uh, uh, get the crowd going or get your team going at least. Or you can come down the other side and, and um, throw a shot off the backboard on a block on the defensive end and, and get the break going. So he's got a lot of capabilities to be a spark plug there. And, and you know, he's just going to keep developing. But he's he's definitely been a spark plug so far the last couple of games. And I would like to see more of him. Yeah, defense creates offense, like you said. And Tyke, is he the most athletic guy on the court? Yes. Is he the best guy on the court? You know, overall with the game of basketball, no. But, you know, just when he checked into that TCU game, he was really the difference maker for Kansas State. So his defense and his athleticism down low is is something that I'd like to see more of, you know, on the court for Kansas State. Obviously, we don't see what goes on behind closed doors in practice and, and all that stuff. But, yeah, I'm with you. I'd like to see more of him. But another, we talk about defense. Another guy that maybe doesn't have the best defense is, is Masood. He's probably on the court for his offensive um, – capabilities so to speak you know it's kind of like cam carter like do you does his three-point shooting abilities does that outweigh his poor defense yeah that that's interesting you know um i view ish as kind of like a dn3 type guy um um in, in the, that you see in the nba a lot you know where he has the capacity to come in and knock shots down and be you know um give you give you a, a, um, some energy off the bench if he can defend um, in the, in those spurts as well too, um, just come in and go all out and defend for those spurts, get a couple shots, come out and serve that role. I think that'd be great. Um, he does struggle on defense at times, uh, his rotations, and uh, he gets he's being asked to play before, and he's not a he's not a true post player. So he gets um, um, when people get physical with him in the post, he has a hard time defending that. But he's also um, you know, it's it's interesting. I don't know what his role is right now. I don't know what um, David Gasson's role is too. There's another kid that needs to um, uh, could be really helpful to to K State from an offensive standpoint um, because you know it, it's when uh, Gasson was out, uh, Ish was clearly the uh, replacement for him, and I thought Ish did admirable at the job. You know, he made a couple big shots, had a huge defensive play against KU to secure that win. But um, since then, we haven't seen Gasson, but we also haven't seen uh, Ish. So <clears throat> it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how Coach Tang plays those uh, minutes moving forward. It'd be great to see Gasson get back to the lineup full-time. Jay, we'll wrap it up with this and and talk about Bebe. You you mentioned Gasson not being out on the court with his, with his injuries and now his illness that he's dealing with. Uh, I've always kind of viewed Bebe as just sort of a role player, but last couple of games, I've got to give credit where it's due. Bebe's played some solid minutes for Kansas State. He's not going to be that guy that goes out and takes over a game, scoring 25, 30 points, but he rebounds, hits his free throws, he box outs, he box out, he takes charges. Can Bebe take that step forward? Do you think his ceiling is just kind of being that role player? I think his he's going to be more of a role player. Does that mean that that he has he's not does that mean he's not capable of giving you, you know, 15 to 20 on a given night? No, he, you know, he can get hot just like anybody can, but you know, as to what you expect from him night in nine out, he's probably that six to eight points, you know, six to eight rebound type of type of guy. Um, when we talk about effort, um, the one thing he's the one kid that you don't ever have to question on effort wise. Um, yeah. That kid busts his butt. He runs the floor every single time. You know, if you watch the games, um, and you watch people getting up and down. He is the one guy who is just running hard 
every single time. And people don't understand um, how important that is um, because when, when you're, when you, when, when you get five guys who run the floor uh, hard, it really puts a lot of stress on the defense to get back because you're putting them in chase situations. They're just chasing you now. And if that's a big man diving to the block, if that's guards running to the corners, whatever, you want the defense to chase you. And if all you're doing is standing or jogging up and down, you're not putting any pressure on the defense to chase you. And so baby does a really good job of um, just playing hard and getting down the floor and forcing his man to guard him. And if his man has to guard him, then that means his man has, uh, is not as capable of helping off doing those things, which helps the offensive flow, but we've got to get five guys playing as hard as baby does. Jay, I appreciate you hopping on with us and, and sort of breaking down every, every player really for Kansas state. Jay, you're, you're out in Alabama, right? So this was not easy for you to make time with us. Was it? No, it's a, it's all right, man. I enjoy doing it. I'm out <laughs> here at uh, my UAB. My daughter is a, a freshman softball pitcher at Lindenwood University, and they're playing at the at the Blazers tomorrow. So I'm going to go watch the softball tomorrow. Have a blast, Jay. Wish your your daughter the best of luck once again. I'm Ryan Gilbert. He's Jay Hydra. This is the Friday Shootaround. Yes, Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I feel it in my I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game full speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.